Welcome to the Pure True You podcast, where we cultivate holistic approaches to beauty, health, and inner peace by keeping a pulse on the interconnectedness of the mind and the body, the self and the other, and the individual's impact on the planet. My name is Heather, and I'm a content creator here at Pure True You, as well as the podcast manager, so you'll be hearing a lot more from me. Currently, I'm residing in the East Village in Manhattan, but I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Some fun facts about me are that I can whistle really well. I moved to Shanghai, China when I was on my own, on my own when I was 18 for school, and I started learning my fourth language this year, which is Korean. So today we have some two special guests joining us named Dahlia and Kristen. So Dahlia, did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself first? Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. Um, thank you so much, Heather, for you know letting me come back. So my name is um, Dahlia Price. Um, I currently live in Athens, Georgia, but I'm originally from Byron, Georgia, which is a really small town. Um, and you might remember me if you guys listened to our last episode of the Pure True You podcast. Um, I'm rejoining Heather this week as we go forward into our second episode of the nutrition series that we're doing. And just some fun facts about me. I absolutely am obsessed with Wiener dogs, I love them. Um, I don't know how to swim or ride a bike, and I'm currently trying to improve my cooking skills. Um, so those are just a few things about me. And this week will actually be joined, will actually be accompanied by Kristen, who's another um, intern here with us. So Kristen, if you wanted to go ahead and say a few words. Great. Hi, guys. Heather, Dahlia. My name's Kristen. I'm currently the marketing team lead for Pure True You. So excited to be here with you. So I'm currently right now in California. I just moved back to the Bay Area from Southern California. And some fun facts about me are that I, well, I absolutely love chocolate, but I think, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a fun fact because a lot of people do, but I am obsessed and I can also speak French. Cool. What's your favorite chocolate, Kristen? I absolutely love endangered species chocolate. If you check out the so uh, yeah, the Pure True You Instagram, I'm always trying to make a lot of recipes with endangered species chocolate because a lot of it is vegan and just overall like much better for you because of less added sugars and it has a lower caloric co- content. That's actually super cool. I've never tried that. No, so good. I really love um the I don't know it's like I like chocolate covered fruit like chocolate covered strawberries with, like with dark chocolate or yeah there's like those blueberries that are covered in chocolate I love them oh well, it's interesting well that's so interesting that you said that because um currently right now on the pure true you Instagram there is a whole video about chocolate covered fruit and an easy method with es chocolate yes follow us at the pure true you guys <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed hearing our little, our little spiel about our chocolate obsessions. But now, so we'll actually first welcome Kristen and welcome back Dahlia. First, I'm going to start by discussing to our listeners a little bit about what Pure True You is as a whole if they weren't here for our last episode. So essentially what Pure True You is, is it's a platform that provides guidance on how to live your most authentic life. And by that, we mean focusing on the interconnectedness, like I said before, throughout the mind, body, and the soul. So if you were, if you were able to tune in on our last episode, then you probably already know about our current series on nutrition. So with that being said, today we're going to be focusing specifically on nutrition myths. So at one point or another, you've probably heard of a nutrition myth. So let's say, for example, um, a lot of people say that you have to eat a super low amount of calories and that's really good for you because it'll help you lose weight, which is ironically something we actually talked about before in our first episode, which you all should check out if you haven't already. But today we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the nutrition myths that we've heard about and let you all know the reality of these so-called benefits. Um, Also, just a disclaimer, as you listen, please keep in mind that none of us are nutritionists. These are simply just some things that we've heard of, tried ourselves, or have researched on. So Dahlia and Kristen, do you care to share any nutrition myths that you may have heard of or believed in at one point in your life? Yes, so I can start. Um, Basically, I've heard a lot of myths and really just like facts that are just known throughout, I think, the community as this is healthy and this is not healthy. Um, Just things that we kind of go with, um, things that I've never really done any research on. Um, And that 
really goes into my snacking. I love snacking. Snacking is very important to me. I usually eat like small meals and I snack a lot. I don't know why. That's just what my diet is at the moment. It always changes. But as a huge snacker, I know that it can be hard to stay, you know, and snack in a healthy manner just because it's so easy to to just grab whatever's there and, you know, grab some chips or some chocolate or whatever. Um, and today I want to discuss, you know, and debunk some of like the myths behind some of what we consider really healthy snacks. Um, so we're going to do some snack facts. Um, and yeah, we're just going to talk about the snack world and what we perceive as healthy, which might not always be true. There's always two sides to everything. So yeah, let's go through these snack facts together. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite things, dried fruit. I love dried fruit. I love fruit in general. Um, would pick fruit over vegetables any day. It's just delicious, <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, dried fruit is great. My favorite, like some of my favorite would be, you know, dried mangoes, dried apples. Trader Joe's has these really bomb, like banana chips that I love. And these are just so yeah. good. So good. And I love their frozen fruit options too. Like, oh my God, Trader Joe's. So Do good. You, they have these, okay, they have these chocolate covered strawberries that are super good. Oh. They have one of them too. They're called Gone Bananas. They're so good. Yes. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Gone Bananas. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah, those Sorry. are. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But yeah, thank you so much. Like, yeah, Trader Joe's is awesome, period. And they have some great snacks. Basically, yeah, dried fruits. They have a bunch of dried fruits. Definitely go there if you want to stock up. But um, yeah, it's really, you know, you would think that with dried fruits, you'd think, oh, these are really healthy. You know, what's the harm? You know, fruit is fruit. Fruit is healthy, which is true to some extent. But um, dried fruit, just to go over and to start with, is just fruit that has had the majority of its original water content removed naturally. Um, so just, it's just like regular fruit. Um, it contains high levels of sugar and calories. We all know this. You know, fruit is generally very sugary. It has a lot of natural sugars. Well, it's all natural sugars, which is good, um, but it's sugared nonetheless. So yeah, we have to remember that it is a snack but it is fruit and fruit has sugar and it's important to eat it. It's important to have it in your diet, but it's important to also enjoy in moderation. Don't be fooled by the word fruit because I know that fools me. I think, oh, I can eat a lot of this because it's fruit. No, <laughs> you right. know, it's good to be, you know, very moderate in what you eat. But there are some good things, you know, behind the snack. It is one of the healthier options. I would definitely choose this over I would say like chocolate covered pretzels. Like I think this is a better option, but um, it does have some benefits. So although it does have a lot of calories and a lot of sugar, it can boost your fiber and nutrient intake. And it does supply your body with large amounts of antioxidants. Um, and I, you know, read an article on healthline.com and this is where I got this information. I was like, okay, so there are two sides. Maybe I can eat this, but just, you know, know that moderation is key. And these are just, this is just one of the yummy snacks. Um, do you guys, I know that we talked about like chocolate covered strawberries. What other, like, what are your guys' favorite dried fruit snacks? Heather and um, Christian? I love dried mangoes. And I actually, I know Trader Joe's does have an option. They have one bag that has like with the sugar on it. And they have one where it's just the dried mango itself without extra sugar. Uh, I tend to go for the one without any extra sugar just because it makes me feel a little bit healthier. <laughs> but I won't lie, the one with sugar tastes a lot better to me. Oh, yeah, same. I also love dried mango. Um, I also, I would say that when I have dried fruit, I I eat it a lot and say like trail mixes, you know, like that have dried cranberries or just like raisins in them. Um, and you know, those, like, even though, um, just like dried fruit itself, like trail mixes can quickly become super unhealthy if they're packed with a lot of sugar. Um, so I kind of always kind of have to watch for the sugar content, but yes, I love dried fruit in general. So good. 
just the sugar is not always, you know, that low. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's just one of the negative aspects of it. But otherwise, it's delicious. And, you know, moving to another one of my favorite snacks, one that I really used to eat a lot, um, and that actually like got me like I fell into this myth, like I really believed that veggie sticks were healthy. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them. But basically, they're just chips that you find in like your chip aisle, like at your grocery store that are prepared using vegetables. Um, And there's a lot of types. There are a lot of brands that sell them. They come in a lot of shapes and sizes. You know, you might see them in puff form or in stick form in your snack aisle. But really, the bottom line is that they're not that different or they're not better than regular chips. You know, if you're gonna, if you want chips, I would really just say, just get, just, just get some Doritos because it's honestly the same thing. Vegetable chips or veggie chips don't really contain health benefits. Um, They're kind of the same thing. And we'll go into that. So yeah, the labels and ingredients are definitely tricky. They definitely confuse people because when you read them, you think, oh, it says vegetables. So I'm actually eating vegetables and they taste so good, but in reality, they're not. So let's break it down. Um, So yeah, when you get the bag of chips or whatever, the veggie chips, it does list non-potato ingredients. Um, So that's where it really gets people. But these packages only include 60 to 70, you know, produce or what would be vegetables. Um, And the difference between potato chips is that they, you know, contain more calories, a little bit more calories and a higher fat concentration but veggie chips have higher sodium um, have higher sodium and carbs so that's the trade-off and both really include almost all the same ingredients you know if you look at veggie chips their ingredients and potato chips you'll see kind of the same thing so I definitely you know when you guys go grocery shopping I advise you to look at you know the labels and see okay am I really eating something that's different is this really going to be different. I definitely, you know, if you love veggie chips and you just love the taste of them, get them for sure. But don't get them because you think you're making a big change in your diet because it's really the same thing. Um, But yeah, definitely would not recommend using veggie chips as a substitute for your veggies. You do need to get those in. Um, I wouldn't consider this as a good option to get those in, but they're definitely a yummy snack. Um, And yeah, they're an alternative to potato chips if you don't like them. There's a lot of variety um, and they're definitely yummy. I really enjoy them. Sometimes I crave veggie chips just because they're really good. Um, So that's one snack that I think gets a lot of people. And then another one that I really, really like are veggie burgers. I love veggie burgers. I've been really trying just to be more plant-based in my diet and to not, I'm trying not to eat a lot of meat, Um, you know, trying to just be more plant-based. I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but I definitely do like vegan and vegetarian options. Try to do that as much as I can. And veggie burgers are delicious. Um, You know, they're basically, you know, they have no meat. They're a really good option for people that can't have meat or are on these diets. Um, And they're a really good source of protein. They have a lot of vitamins and minerals, which is great. But everything in moderation, obviously, they do have a lot of sodium, you know, a lot of salt, which is definitely not good. You want to make sure that when you eat a veggie burger, if you buy a packaged veggie burger, like in the grocery store, you read, you know, the nutrition label and you see how much salt is in there because a lot of salt is not good. You do have a recommended amount that you're supposed to eat every day. Um, and I definitely would try to follow that as much as I can. Because sodium, I know that I think salt makes you feel bloated. Or if I eat something super salty, I feel bloated. It's just not good to have a lot of salt. And another thing is it doesn't keep you full as long, which I read. Um, and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. So, yeah, that's a that's interesting fact um, about veggie burgers. Um, Kristen and um, Heather, do you guys like veggie burgers? Am I the only one who thinks they're good? Or are you guys like, no, I love real burgers like I have to have meat like it's there's no you can't substitute it because I know a lot of people like that I I love veggie burgers um I've also noticed like kind of they right they can have um incredibly high amounts of sodium 
Um, and I also like struggle sometimes with veggie burgers because I, you know, they don't have as much um, protein sometimes. So I always try to be mindful of that. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe I'll have 12 grams of protein, but it's not necessarily like the best type of protein that you could mm-hmm. get. And it's kind of, you know, a mix of different things. And sometimes veggie burgers can be misleading, especially like, I think a lot of people sometimes could perceive them as being vegan, which I did originally. And then, you know, looking at the label, um, they'll have, you know, a lot of, they'll have like maybe egg whites or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily vegan, but you know, just trying to, I, I do like vegan options as well. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of veggie burgers, to be honest. I don't have any like, like hatred against them. and I'm not completely in love with them. But I am just it, it, it's so hard. For, like, I am still trying to adjust more to a plant-based diet. So when I think of a burger, it's just I normally associate that with, like, a beef patty. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily crave a burger when I hear it's a veggie burger. So I'm not not the biggest fan, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. No, yeah. It, like, I know a lot of people who are like, no, and I know a lot of people that are like, I love them. And, yeah, Christian, you brought up a really important point because – I mentioned earlier, I was like, it's a great vegan option. And there are vegan veggie burgers, but definitely, definitely make sure you guys, if you are vegan, to do your research. And obviously, you guys know, like, to look at the ingredients, because yeah, they they do contain egg yolks, probably some of them. And that's something I completely missed. I just assumed, oh, because they have vegetables that they wouldn't, but that's definitely a good disclaimer. And oh, I was just gonna say, like, on Heather's point, Yeah, I I think I have like been definitely conflicted about them too. And also, I mean, I don't know if this kind of like makes sense, but it's almost like when I have a veggie burger, like versus a regular burger, like a beef burger, um, I kind of like associate that with like different, like, it's like a different experience. Like some people like can just like replace it and it'd be like, I'm eating a burger. But it's kind of like apples and oranges to me. It's like, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. No, I'm the same way. It's definitely not the full experience. um, And they are very different. Um, And another point, I know a lot of people, like bringing up, okay, so Burger King basically has an impossible burger, which is just, um, I don't know if it's a veggie burger. I I think it is. Or it's just um, a meatless burger, you know, something for people for vegan people or no vegan people, but vegetarians, people that can't eat meat or don't want to eat meat. I mean, it's a good option um, at the fast food restaurants, but a lot of people I think would say, oh, maybe getting an impossible burger or an impossible Whopper because that's what they have is better than getting a real one. And really, I don't think there's that much of a difference in the calories and stuff. I think, uh, you know, it has generally the same things and it's really kind of the same except that it doesn't have meat. So that's an interesting, like, idea. Yeah. I've actually seen a lot of commercials on TV for Burger King's Impossible Burger. Um, and I, I feel like I remember in the commercials, people who normally eat the beef burgers were trying the Impossible Burger. And they just mm-hmm. looked so stunned, like, whoa, this tastes the exact same as the beef burger. And I guess that was their way of marketing it. Yeah. And it is a very similar taste because I've had them. And they're actually really good. So they taste the same, for real. Oh, um, Wow. Yeah, I definitely recommend trying it. It was just fun to try it. I was like, oh, I don't go to eat there often, but I was like, let me try it. And then that's one thing. And then another um, area that I wanted to speak on would be gluten-free snacks. Um, And gluten-free, I think having gluten-free options is awesome because there's a lot of people that really don't have a choice. Some people, you know, try to avoid gluten because, you know, they want to try the diet. And then there's those people that just simply can't have it, that it, it really actually damages like their immune system i i i always mispronounce it but it's cell the disease do you guys know what i'm talking about like cell celiac yes i can never say it that like i know my friend's mom um has that disease and she cannot have gluten like it's not it's out of the question like if she has it or if she has anything gluten she'll get really sick really ill so i love that there are options for people that have those diseases that you know they can eat foods that they like 
and not have to give them up because there are those options. But that doesn't mean that it makes food healthier. Um, it just means that that food is missing gluten. Um, you know, it's it, basically what gluten is, is a substance that's present in a lot of cereal grains, um, especially wheat, that is responsible for the elastic texture of dough. Um, it's a mixture of two proteins, and it can cause illness in people with celiac disease. I think I said that right. So that's basically all that gluten-free means. It doesn't mean it's healthier. It doesn't mean it's fresher. It doesn't mean that. It just means that it's missing gluten. It's for people that don't want to have gluten or can't have gluten. Um, and some examples that I show, for example, like Oreos, I, I believe are gluten-free, right? Do you guys know? I think they are. I looked it up or they're vegan they're vegan oreos are vegan um but for example bread like bread is bread if you have a lot of bread obviously it's not good for you and but there's gluten-free bread and it's really the same kind of thing you know everything in moderation so just because it says gluten-free don't assume it's healthier there's still really unhealthy foods that are gluten-free right um, and i've seen mm -hmm. i've seen so many cookies out there that are gluten-free yes. um that are like oreo alternatives that you know market themselves as gluten-free but just chocked full of sugar and high fat and definitely like stuff to watch out for mm -hmm. yeah for, like for sure like that's exactly what i'm saying like gluten-free you know people really need to read beyond the label because i used to do that too i would see something that's gluten-free and think oh this is good for me um, and it is if you have a gluten allergy um, or if you're trying to not have gluten, but doesn't mean it's it's healthy. So one uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about is um, carbs. So there's this myth that carbs are bad for you, that they make you gain weight when you eat them automatically, kind of, is what people think. And the truth is that carbs are not bad for you. A well-balanced diet includes carbs. Um, and the obviously, if you eat a lot of bread, if you eat a lot of cake, if you eat a lot of pasta, and if you eat them every day in excess amounts, and you don't eat the correct portion for you, then you will gain weight. But that's with anything in life. You know, a, too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And I definitely think it's good to have those foods and to have healthy greens, you know, maybe instead of, you know, white bread, eat whole wheat bread, there's a lot of things you can do to turn it around. But I love carbs. Sometimes I have days where I eat a lot of, you know, an excess amount of them, but it's not every day. And, you know, moderation is key as always. So don't fully, don't eliminate carbs just because you think they're so bad. Don't try to avoid them because they're essential to your diet, I think. And it's good to have that there. Um, so yeah, those are my points. Thank you for going through these snack facts with me. I'm going to, you know, turn it over to Kristen, who's going to go over some other myths that we might know of. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Kristen. Yay, right. So on the subject of carbs, just, to, um, you know, listening, I, for the longest time, I, you know, would eat like a lot of white bread, um, you know, and not necessarily in moderation or, you know, I even had um, split an entire pizza with a friend last night. So I'm not always super good about it. But what I've been trying to do is, you know, incorporate more um, what are called complex carbs into uh, my diet, which are, you know, quinoa um, and, you know, whole grains, other whole grains, um, which are super good and try to limit, you know, more like the refined carbs, which could be, you know, sugary cereals or that white bread. That is so good, but, you know, not always, you know, super packed with, you know, nutritional um, or like super healthy. And um, I think that like eliminating carbs, for example, um, when I go to a fast food restaurant, you know, and I'm looking at the menu and I think to myself, OK, I don't necessarily want that huge bun or, you know, I don't want the, you know, fried you know, I don't want the French fries, you know, I'll look at the other options and I'll see a salad. And I'll think, you know, and I don't know if you guys have done this too, where, you know, you might go to a fast food restaurant, you know, they're rolling out this new salad and it looks super, you know, good and it looks healthier, but then, you know, I've ordered it and then I found like the dressing super sweet. And then I'll Google it um, because, you know, checking out those nutritional facts, um, 
I'll find out that I'll have like 60 grams of sugar and that it might be even higher in calories or the same as say like the burger on the menu. And I'll just completely be blown away. And I think that's so crazy. Um, and, you know, unexpected. And I think that is, you know, the restaurant salads like are, you know, ever since like I started trying them out, like have always like super like have always surprised me. Um, and the fact that they are just like not, not super healthy. And also they tend to have like a lot of, um, they tend to be like mainly like composed of like iceberg lettuce, which when comparing to like a salad you can make at home, um, you know, isn't always, you know, the most um, nutrient dense option. It is the least expensive option. So that's something to consider. But unlike spinach, or kale, for example, it doesn't, it's not as healthy. Um, if I can say something, it's the worst type of lettuce, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's so, I right. don't like it. It's not, it's so simple. I mean, I'll have it, but I prefer like, yeah, like a mixture, maybe arugula or kale or like leafy mm-hmm. green. But yeah, I'm sorry, I just had to say, I don't like iceberg lettuce. Oh no, like absolutely the same. Like, I feel like it's hard because it's like, you know, you'll have if you go to like maybe a fast food restaurant or a local diner or something and they'll they'll have like you know that house salad or or something like that but then to make the the iceberg lettuce taste good you have to like put the the dressing on it Mm -hmm. almost to like kind of like you know give it some taste and flavor but then the dressing is just like so not good for you Um, yeah it's it's not a good mixture yeah and I think that like you know, the name salad, obviously, like, like veggie chips, it's just something that will pull you in, like, you'll think like, oh, it's like vegetables, I'll get my, you know, serving the vegetables for the day. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm covered, but like, no, not necessarily. And like, speaking of, you know, other healthy options that just kind of really pull you in, like, you know, I think that, you know, when you go to a fast food place, you're pulled in by the idea of a quick, healthy salad. Um, And I think like if you're at the grocery store, it's the same thing with perhaps like the healthier or like the branded healthy meals like Lean Cuisine and Weight Watchers. And then oftentimes, though, like these these frozen meals are just like packed with lots of sodium. And, you know, whenever I I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but whenever I open one up, if I'll if I have one every once in a while, like I'll just see that the portions are so small and I'll just be super hungry afterwards. But yeah, do you guys do you guys like frozen dinners or, you know, find that those are a, you know, quick option? Or what do you guys think about them? When, when I was younger, I don't know why I was just so intrigued with these like lean cuisine, Weight Watcher frozen meals in the frozen aisle of my grocery store. <laughs> so every time I went, I just, they look so good on the packaging. I was like begging my mom, can I please buy these? I want to eat these for dinner. And mm-hmm. so she would let me occasionally. And when I opened it, like you were saying, it's kind of disappointing. It didn't look anything like the picture that like that was presented. And it wasn't filling at all. Um, yeah, exactly like what you were saying. Yeah. Right. Me, sorry. Like, yeah, frozen dinners, it depends. Sometimes I want to try them. I've had periods in time where... I'm like, these are actually really good. But I'm like, no, they're not. They're so, they're not filling. And they're kind of gross to me. But sometimes I want them. It's really weird. But um, yeah, frozen dinners are interesting. For sure. Right. I feel like, I feel like I'm definitely like, more or less like definitely like let down by them. Because, you know, as you were, or as you both were saying, you know, I mean, the taste too, like, if it's say like spaghetti and meatballs, I'll like open it up and I'll be like, or like pad thai. Like I had, um, mm-hmm. for example, like no no shade on Trader Joe's. We love Trader Joe's, but um, so I opened up a supposedly like healthier pad thai and it tasted like absolutely nothing. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's just like it has like misleading like look to it. it has misleading taste, um, and. Yeah, but that is just a little bit about that. And I feel like, okay, so I have to say like another healthy or supposedly like self, like healthy option that, you know, I think really intrigues people and I I love them so much are like 
smoothie bowls and specifically commercial smoothie bowls um, tend to have lots of added sugars. Um, you know, they can often be, you know, devoid of, you know, so many valuable nutrients. And, you know, I like, for example, like an acai bowl, you know, if I go out to get acai with friends, um, like, I, I kind of I think we'll just like find that, you know, there's so many ways to like make it even extra unhealthy. Um, besides, you know, just like the sugar mixed into it, it you know, some will come with like lots of added um, honey or Nutella or, you know, added sugar cacao nibs that are just like, you know, even more sugar. And that really just, you know, adds up. And I don't know, like, I, I definitely like, you know, they're so good, they're hard to stay away from, but I'm trying to, you know, kind of make my own at home to, you know, incorporate like healthier um, elements like spinach, or, you know, more like nut protein or something like that. And right, just like trying to make them overall like more, more healthy. And you know, acai in itself, like it is, you know, one of the healthiest things you could eat. Like it's naturally like a very low sugar fruit. And, but you know, in these places, and they're so good, but they just add so much sugar to it when you really only need like maybe a little bit, maybe you can add some like just a little bit of honey or to make it, you know, vegan, maybe a little maple syrup kind of mix in. But yeah, do you guys like smoothie bowls, acai bowls? I do. I love um, acai bowls. Um, They're so, so yummy. The only thing is they're so expensive. Everywhere I go, they're $10. I'm like, that's so much. Um, So that really stops me from getting them. But sometimes I'll treat myself and I know they have a lot of sugar or the ones that they sell there, but it's more of like a dessert for me, like a treat. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's so, so yummy. But yeah, they're expensive and they do have a lot of sugar um, if you buy them from places, I think. I think if you make them, it might cut down on the sugar level. Um, But that's, I love acai bowls. They're so yummy. Yeah, I agree with that. I love them, but I I definitely prefer making them on my own because I just don't think it's worth paying $10 for something I can just buy mm-hmm. a couple fruits for and freeze them and then make it myself. Yeah. Right, right. They are like super expensive. And like Dahlia, I really agree with your statement about, you know, eating them as a treat because you know how like people market them as a breakfast sometimes? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's worse than like people's cocoa puffs or something like it's just like not good for you it's got 60 grams of sugar like more and it's it's like ice cream it could be the equivalent sometimes with some of them it's so funny because I will have an acai bowl like if like I'll buy an acai bowl and like my brother will be eating his like sugary cereal and I'm like I'm doing better than you when in reality I'm doing worse so like it's interesting to see the the like the real behind like all the sugar and stuff so yeah I'll say mm-hmm. we'll it's like my ice cream they're so yummy they're so good but super misleading and you know right for sure I completely agree mm-hmm. um and just kind of okay so the last but not least the myth that I'm gonna end with talking about is okay diet soda guys Like my, you know, my family, like a couple of my uncles, like drink so much diet soda. Um, And, you know, soda, obviously, is like originally not the best for you. But then I feel like a lot of people I know um, will drink diet soda as like, you know, kind of that alternative, like, okay, like, I'm not gonna, you know, incur any like negative, you know, health effects, like, and right, because like, they market, market it like that. And that's understandable that, you know, people might, you know, think, okay, it's diet, you know, it's in the name, it's got to be healthier. Right? No. Right? Wrong. But basically, like, you know, I think that the scariest thing about diet soda for me, um, and once again, everything in moderation, I personally try not to drink um, soda, but everything in moderation. But the scariest thing for me, I think, is the non-nutritive, like, um, sweeteners that go into um, diet soda, a lot of them artificial. And how I've just kind of been reading about, you know, all of their drawbacks, you know, a lot of them kind of produce the same effect that sugar does. 
um, and lead to very negative health problems down the road. Um, and yeah, what do you guys think about them? Like I personally, like if, you know, one of my uncles starts drinking one, like I'll try not to like, because, you know, I never try to be in people's face about what they eat, but it is kind of scary that, you know, it's marketed like that, but you know, it could be potentially worse, honestly, because people think they can yeah. Yeah, for sure. My my dad is actually the exact same way as your uncle's. He he loves soda. He loves chips, but like he always tries to find better alternatives. So for soda, at least, he is convinced that, or he's not really convinced. He I, I know that my dad knows that diet soda is not the best for you, but he still just loves to drink it because you know he just wants some something fizzy something sweet, but then he feels guilty drinking the regular soda. So then he always resorts to the diet soda. But, you know, it's hard to restrict yourself from that. It's definitely something that I used to drink a lot, um, a lot, a lot of, because I honestly, I love the taste of diet soda. I used to drink, Mm -hmm. I started drinking it because I thought it was better for me. And then I realized it's actually the same thing. Might as well just drink soda but I just prefer it over regular soda. And now I try not to drink it unless it's like, I'm going to, I really want it or I treat, like I'm going to treat myself because it makes me feel bad when I drink it. I feel so bloated. I feel so gross because it has so many like artificial sugars and it's generally like just not good for you. Um, And I think it really catches people when they hear the diet in front of it, but it's definitely not good for you. Don't drink it. If you're on a diet, just Drink sparkling water or something. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I feel like I feel like every single, you know, I'm always seeing something new about it that's like a potential drawback. Like, I was even reading today that, you know, if you mix diet soda with, say, like, alcohol, like, it could potentially, like, make you more drunk. I'm, I'm not sure what the science is behind that, but that's really kind of, you know, that was interesting to me. If, like, you mix the two. Um, but yeah, like alcohol is another story. Um, but Heather, do you, do you know anything or like could say anything about alcohol in regards to this topic? Oh, yes. So, (laughs) well, I mean, okay. We're we're all young people, right? We enjoy going out every now and then, maybe not now because of COVID. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I know there's a lot of people or almost everyone who says alcohol is super terrible for you and that you should stop drinking it. But there actually have been a few studies that I've read on, and they all, they all say that moderate drinking can actually have certain health benefits. Uh, obviously, this doesn't mean that it gives you an excuse to start downing shots every night, but a glass of red wine, for example, especially at night if you're eating dinner with it, could actually be kind of good for you. Um, so yeah, th- with that being said, I remember there was a study that the Mayo Clinic actually did, and they said that even though it has certain health benefits, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to start drinking alcohol because sometimes it can be counterintuitive. It's just dependent on how your body is structured because remember, we're not all the same. Then that means we all will process alcohol in the same way. But if you already have a glass of wine with dinner each night, then it could be actually pretty heart healthy. Red wine specifically, not as much white wine, but red wine is the one that I'm referring to. Um, And another drink, that I've noticed a lot of people really, there's a lot of controversy around it. So it's celery juice or juicing in general. Have you guys heard of that before? Oh, definitely. I've heard like a lot of celebrities like drink that in the morning or, you know, before their workout or, you know, just to like, I don't don't know but I've seen. Like, for example, like Jennifer Aniston, like drinks it, um, to kind of like fill up like for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I think she might do in a, um, intermittent fasting. And I, I just, I don't personally, like I couldn't do that necessarily. I don't think it would keep me full for hours on end, but um, I do see it a lot in like diet articles. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So since we were on the topic of like beverages, it just reminded me of these celery juice and juicings because this is something I actually used to do myself. So Mm -hmm. while I was doing it, I actually heard there were a ton of myths about celery juice and juicing as a whole. So basically what I've been told is people 
are, or not what I, so basically a lot of people go on these juice cleanses to maybe lose weight, to cleanse their body, to get more vitamins, or just because they don't like to eat the actual fruit or vegetables. So it's a lot easier for them to consume it when they juice it since you're just drinking it and you can get through it faster. So as a result, people are really convinced that juicing does help with these things. I personally, like I said before, was really into juicing at one point, and I'd have a green juice almost every single morning, especially while I lived in China, because I wasn't eating the best there, um, since the food there was just so great, and so I couldn't help myself <laughs> but to eat unhealthily. So to in order to counter that, I thought just drinking a green juice every single morning would help me detoxify my body or something. Um, later, I found out that that wasn't actually the case. There's actually no proof that juicing or taking any special concoctions will help detoxify your body better than your own liver and kidneys as long as you're maintaining it well obviously um but I don't know if you guys have ever tried this but I have tried a juice cleanse once I got through I think six days and let me just say that I was so hungry the entire time because you can't eat any food during this because the whole point of it is just to detoxify everything in your body and then it was, it was a bad experience, let me just say. But later, I even found out that some of the juices that I was drinking are super, super dense in calories. It didn't really help with weight loss besides the fact that I was almost starving myself. But there was also a ton of sugar in some of them. So that was a bummer to hear. <laughs> but just keep in mind, like, I'm not saying that they're terrible because I know some people who have found success with it and who love the juicing and who have juice machines but because they are healthy on some level don't get me wrong it's definitely more healthy than drinking like a milkshake for example but I wouldn't think of it as the holy grail to all your nutritive needs I don't know if you guys feel the same way I do I definitely um wanted to try a smoothie cleanse um and I just I couldn't even get I think through the first day it's so hard and I know a lot of people do it and to each their own but I just I don't know i I think you need to, a food is essential and just finding really whole foods and really yummy foods is should be the what you're trying to do and yeah it's yeah drinking just liquids I mean unless you can't eat food I don't know it's just it's crazy to me but no I've been there and I can relate to that as well yep exactly and I remember well, this is now a little off topic, or it's still on the same topic, but moving forward, I remember Kristen mentioned that Jennifer Aniston used to drink these juices while doing IMF, or intermittent fasting, um, which is actually another, I'd say, a little controversial nu nutrition myth that a lot of people have debated on. So going off on that, or for our listeners who don't really know what intermittent fasting is, which I'm going to now refer to as IMF because it's a lot easier, it's basically an eating pattern where you have periods of fasting and then eating, and basically it's just supposed to help you with your weight loss, controlling your cholesterol, and so much so much more. Um, there are different ways to approach it. Some people maybe fast for a day, but then they spend the next day eating, or they do it every single day where they fast for 16 hours of the day and have a period of eight hours where they do eat, so... For example, I know it sounds a little confusing, but let's say if I did this 16-8 pattern, then I would eat from, say, 12 to 8 p.m., but then I would fast from 8 p.m. onward until 12 p.m. the next day. It's also just based on your own preference. Let's say if you you have to start, you, you need breakfast, for example, so then you could do 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., for example, for your eight-hour eating period. But basically, I've actually tried IMF myself. I struggled with it because I was just hungry in the morning because I did the 12 to 8, 8 o'clock one and I was just hungry in the morning. I couldn't concentrate. I felt weak when I wasn't eating breakfast and I know a lot of people say it just takes some getting used to but it was just really hard especially like when you're trying to go out with some friends because you know when you go out you probably want to stay past later than 8 o'clock and get food after that but for me personally, it wasn't something that I found much success in. I don't know if I was doing something wrong, um, but I wasn't the biggest fan. But I do know a lot of people and a lot of celebrities who really love IMF and they have found a lot of success with it. And they have lost a lot of weight and controlled a lot of their health um, issues that they had prior to it. So I don't know. Have you have you all tried IMF before? I I have tried it. I think like, I mean, everybody's 
you know, bodies different. Like, for example, like, I don't know why, but kind of naturally, I don't really like sometimes I tend not to eat until like 1030 in the morning or 11 or even later. I'm not sure why this happens. But I guess like that's just kind of like um, my makeup. But yeah, I've like formally tried it like with, you know, trying to stick to a certain period. And I think what was the hardest for me is you know, later at night, like I'll always like want to have, uh, you know, perhaps like a little snack. And then, you know, with IMF, like, I would start to kind of feel like a little sluggish. And um, I know that some people said like, that was normal within the first couple of days, but like, I never really got over it. And like, I kind of found it hard on like the tail end, like at night. Um, Because I would just become super sleepy. And um, or just like not sleepy because I, I think that would probably definitely be a good thing at night, but kind of just like devoid of energy. Like if I needed to, you know, write a paper at, you know, 7 p.m., but I didn't, wasn't eating, like I would just kind of be like, oh, I need energy. Um, yeah, and exactly. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, now that you speak of like feeling really weak at night and hungry, that also brings up another I'd say nutrition myth that a lot of people debate on and that's eating at night. So for me, this is also something that I've had lots of conflicting thoughts about. I heard some people say that eating at night is bad because you're more likely to gain weight, but then other people say it helps you sleep better, like you were saying, or it helps me concentrate better because if I'm hungry, I honestly can't be bothered to do anything else. But so it is definitely something that has been widely debated on and a big nutrition myth that to this day, a lot of people still don't know what's true and what's not. Mm -hmm. But I did read on some studies and they say that physiologically, your calories don't count for more at night. So what I mean by this is, let's say, eating a muffin that's 400 calories won't change at night. It won't become suddenly become 800 calories just because you're eating it at night instead of maybe 2 p.m. in the day. But so like I was saying, you won't necessarily gain weight just by eating later. But a lot of people who do tend to eat later in the night tend to make poorer food choices and end up eating more calories. Maybe they're up watching a movie, so then they get hungry while watching it. And, you know, when you're watching a movie, sometimes you don't really crave a salad or vegetables. You crave popcorn or, or soda. And for, or maybe you're out with your friends and you just had a few drinks and you're getting a little hungry. You don't most people don't exactly go home and start thinking, okay, let me let me take the time to make a nice salad or roast some vegetables. Usually what they do is end up going to McDonald's or something. So because of this, that is what usually makes people think that eating at night makes you gain more weight or is worse for your health. But really, it's just the poor food choices that you're making. Um, but I think the most important thing is just to listen to your body If you're hungry at night, then listen to it and don't necessarily restrict yourself too much, but also don't overdo it. So if you if you notice your stomach stomach starts to growl because you ate a small dinner, then go grab like an apple or grab maybe small portion of vegetables or, you know, something. Not necessarily go to McDonald's and order a Big Mac meal with large fries and a soda. (laughs) That sounds so good, but in moderation, guys, in moderation. (laughs) Moderation is so, so important, and yeah, I can definitely relate to this. I mean, I late night snack all the time. It's just, it really is just listening to my body, and I mean, if I haven't eaten all day, if I've been busy, like, I'll grab something. I'll try to make it as healthy as I can, and sometimes it's not healthy. Sometimes it's really bad, but I mean, those are just random nights, especially being a you know, being young and having work and having school and stuff can be hard. But yeah, I mean, you know, as long as it's not like an everyday thing, and if it is for a little bit, you know, life is crazy, sometimes fitting in, eating can be hard. And yeah, just trying to, you know, be healthy and be conscious, like, hey, it's okay, and not don't beat yourself up. If you make like, if you eat something really, like that would be unhealthy, you know, that's something that I do all the time. And it's definitely not good. And I'm trying to be more kind and lenient be like hey it's okay it's just this isn't gonna ruin everything I think that's the perception that we have but I can definitely definitely relate to that right I think like a lot and I've definitely like had this perception as well like 
you know, like if somebody's trying to like stick to a particular like diet or just, you know, healthier eating, like this perception that, you know, one, you know, false or not like false move or like one unhealthy night or, you know, one dessert, like all of a sudden, oh snap, like I failed at my diet. Like I've like thought that a thousand times, but honestly, you know, every once in a while is definitely key and it's totally fine. And as you were mentioning, Heather, right, like in social settings, you know, if it's late at night, you know, on the weekend and, you know, my friends and I like might prefer like the organic salad place or, but that, that type of stuff isn't like, often open at night. So, um, and you know, Burger King or McDonald's is, and it makes it a little bit harder in that respect, but right. Just like keeping a, you know, just kind of like considering like those healthier options of, you know, do I have some carrots in the fridge? Do I have some celery? Could I, you know, grab a little peanut butter and, you know, just eat those two together And, um, but it's not always like super easy, but, you know, just being more mindful is always a good, good idea. Yeah, that's great. Especially mindfulness is super important for everything. So just remember to our listeners out there, please remember we are not nutritionists. We are just here to express what we've experienced and what we've researched on our own. And just to share that with you all, our own experiences because we think that that's the most important thing rather than reading up on various medical studies um anyways so thank you so much for being here with me today dahlia and Kristen, and for sharing your experiences with us with all the nutrition meds that we've all been through it was really fun talking with you both about you know the impossible burger from burger king whether downing shots or not is good for you (laughs) and yeah no, thank you so much. It was so much fun. And I, you know, look forward to joining you again for the next podcast. Right. Thanks, guys. I've learned so much from your experiences already. And this has just been like an overall, like very informative experience. And thank you for having me on here for the first time. Yes, of course. Well, to our listeners, I hope you all took something away from hearing about our experiences. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic or any other holistic approaches to life, please make sure to check out check us out on Instagram at thepuretrueyou or online at puretrueyou.com where you can find various articles on all these different subjects. Uh, and make sure to join us next time for the third installation of our nutrition series. So take care, everyone, and I'll see you next time.